This conference will now be recorded. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Claire Bartlett. I'm the USTA Southern Tennis Service Representative for Tennessee, and today I'm talking with Andy Brandy. Andy, how's it going? It's good, Claire. It's good to be with you here today. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for spending this time with us. Um, to our listeners and our viewers, I'd like to read a quick bio for Andy. Andy Brandy is the co-head coach of the men's tennis team at LSU along with his son, Chris. He is one of the most successful coaches in the history of college tennis and has led the Tigers to 10 overall wins and two SEC victories. Andy has coached at numerous places such as University of Florida, Go Gators, IMG Voluntary Academy, the Everett Academy, and the Harold Solomon Tennis Institute, to name a few. He has also coached many professional players, including Lisa Raymond, Ryan Sweeting, Carling Bassett, and the Olympic gold medalist Elena Dementieva, and the list goes on, more of which we'll cover a little later in the interview. Andy is also on the Junior Competition Committee for USTA Southern. Andy, thanks again for coming on. <laughs> Pleasure. Yeah, how have things been going? How have you been doing and what's been going on in your world? Well, um, on March 13th, they shut down the, you know, the actual program per se. Mm -hmm. And so it's 97 days going and uh, it's a matter of keeping up with the guys on a weekly basis and seeing how they're doing and uh, what they need to be doing, as well as you know, following their academic progress and, and doing a lot of recruiting. I mean, it's given yeah. us the opportunity to really spend a lot of time and, and reach out to a lot of different people. And uh, it, it's been very productive uh, as far as recruiting, but we'd like to be on the court with the guys and hopefully yeah. You know, by the middle of July, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Well, have you been talking with your colleagues like at other schools? Has it been kind of the same for them? Like, has it been? been yeah, everybody's under the same umbrella. Uh, yeah. We can't really uh, have any recruits on campus or go out and recruit until after uh, July 31st as of right now. Mm -hmm. We don't know if they're going to extend that or not. Yeah. So we're just sitting tight and using, you know, emails and Zoom calls and, you know, a lot of texting and, right. actually, you know, calling the, the new recruits that are available. Right, right. Well, and, and you're also on the NCAA Rules Committee. And I know you said, like, there's just a lot of up, up in the air, so it's kind of hard. But do you foresee anything changing here soon, or do you think it's going to be more long-term? What, what do you think about that? No, I think things will remain as they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much uh, that we really don't know as we move forward uh, right. with this virus that I think no one is going to really make any changes or – make any adjustments until we go back to the normal uh, everyday uh, collegiate tennis life and yeah. see what adjustments needs to be made once, you know, it all begins again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and so now, you know, seniors, they have that option for the extra year. They don't have to, but universities are kind of leaving it in their hands. What do you think about that? And what do you, how do you think that's going to affect like junior players? Well, I think it's a fair thing. I mean, mm -hmm. we basically maybe played half of the season. And for them to finish the year of their collegiate career 
on a half and you know 50% of what they could have accomplished is not really fair to them. Every university is different. Every university handles that differently. Here, uh, they had uh, made the commitment that they are going to honor the scholarship if the athlete wants to return. Some universities uh, do not give them that opportunity. <clears throat> they say that, you know, you've been here four years. You, it's time for you to go and move on. And, and so every, it's different from every institution, but I think it's a very fair thing to give everybody an extra year because they didn't get the chance to, to you know, finish a year. Right, right. Yeah. Well, when you mentioned earlier, you know, it's a big opportunity for recruiting now. Um, and so what are some recruiting trends that you're seeing and what is your recruiting process looking like at the moment? Well, as of the 15th, we're able to start calling juniors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And start recruiting juniors. We're not allowed to contact any sophomore or freshman. So, yeah. uh, and they're not allowed to contact us. They're not even allowed to come on campus to look at uh, facilities unofficially. So, um, you know, starting June 15th, we start reaching out to the uh, athletes that would be here in 2021. And we start the dialogue. Obviously, we can't go in person because of the NCA restrictions uh, with no in-person recruiting until July 31st. And then hopefully, we'll be able to go see them play at the uh, national hard courts, mm -hmm. which they've yeah. moved now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but I, for me, it's, uh, I think it's great that they're able to begin the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little difficult, uh, in my opinion, for them to commit to a school that early because a lot of things change. A lot of, you know, the, the coach might not be there. In some yeah. cases, they're dropping tennis programs. So the yeah. program might not be there by the time they get to school. So I, I, I liked the process before where they made the decision their senior year. Um, mm -hmm. And so what we're doing now is being in touch with the uh, players that we're interested in and hopefully bring them in either in the fall or in the spring to visit so mm -hmm. that they can see the facility, see the program, uh, get acquainted with the academics and are able to make the decision and to see if they want to, you know, come and play for LSU or not. Right. Yeah. Well, so with all this going on, do you have any advice or suggestions for parents and players just amidst this whole situation and, and like you said, deciding or not whether to go to school, like what advice or suggestions do you have for them? Well, I think, you know, especially for juniors, it's the, the process begins by making a list of schools mm -hmm. and you have to be realistic. We all would like to play for a school that uh, will win a national championship. But all in all, you have to gauge your ability, see where you fit best, see where the school fits your area of interest in studies. And, uh, you know, the demographics, whether you want to be in the south, up north, out west. But I would start with 10 schools and reach out to them and see what the interest in. And, and hopefully 
probably in a matter of a couple of months, I would shave it down to five schools and yeah. try to schedule the five paid visits to campus and, mm -hmm. and then proceed with the process there. But I think the biggest thing is that they have to be realistic and they have to be sensible about where they see themselves and mm -hmm. where they can go and contribute to the program because yeah. you you know with a certain ability you can go to a program and really never play for four years and right. i don't think that that would be a lot of fun so yeah. pick the right program for you the right university with the right academics and the right environment where you can flourish mm -hmm. academically and athletically and be mm -hmm. happy for for four years yeah yeah, great advice. <laughs> well, we'll shift gears a little bit here. So like I mentioned in your bio, you're one of the most successful college coaches ever, and it's huge. And um, I just wanted, and I, I know the listeners are interested just in your, um, you know, insight into your coaching philosophy and, you know, what you really try to instill in your players when you're working with them. Well, I, I'm work ethic is something that has always followed me all my life in every facet of coaching that I've been in. So I spent a lot of time with the players on the court. Um, I believe that my job as a coach is to, especially as a college coach, to make them a better person, a more well-rounded person. And the same with a tennis player. I need to yeah. make them a better well-rounded tennis player and a better tennis player in the long run. But uh, you have to address them as an individual outside the court and then basically understand that it's totally different when they're inside the court and get some insight from them as to what they think and what areas they feel they need help and reinforcement in. Um, but all in all, I think the one thing that uh, it's always followed me is, is my work ethic and it's, it, it's carried on to the people that I'm around and mm -hmm. uh, they become very hardworking on and off the court. So they've been mm -hmm. very successful on and off the court. That's awesome. Great. Well, so, and I know this next question might be a little tough because I'm sure you have many, but what are some memorable tennis moments that really stand out to you, you know, in your playing career and your professional career? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have many in my pro playing professional career. I can say that. The, the better memories have always been coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, starting with Kathy Rinaldi, uh, the many years that I spent with her, seeing her uh, in the semis of Wimbledon, uh, yeah. obviously seeing Lisa Raymond win multiple doubles Grand Slams and reaching a career high of 12. Um, been very fortunate to, to work with a lot of, you know, very, very good, good tennis players. Uh, uh, I'll never forget the text that I got from Elena Dementieva when she won the Olympics and I just said one word, gold. So there, it's um, from the professional side. That's been you know very rewarding to see those individuals do well. Collegiately, I think the first NCA title uh, when I was at the University of Florida after many years uh, was uh, very 
instrumental in the development uh, and the uh, success of that program. Um, yeah. uh, so that in itself was very memorable. Uh, the Triple Crown at Florida State, mm -hmm. when uh, you know we had um, a good crowd there. And I don't know if you're familiar with Running Man in Gainesville. Um, it sounds familiar. I'm not sure I know, though. I know. It was this guy that used to run all day long. Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay. He was like our lucky charm. So when mm -hmm. we got to the finals, we had somebody drive him up to uh, Tallahassee so he could be there for the match. So, oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So that, was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. But I would say the first NCAA title at uh, Stanford and – uh, of course, the triple crown at uh, FSU. And the last thing I think in college was seeing all the individual uh, NCAA titles that came with all the great players that were there, watching yeah. Hallie Trophy and Sean Stafford play each other in the mm -hmm. finals of the singles at, at UCLA. Uh, and so I think in itself, there's a lot of memories. And uh, I was very fortunate to have coached a lot of good players that did very well, whether yeah. I was with them or not. And uh, so you're only as good as your players. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, so and this is a little a little shift, but what have you been doing? I know you you know you've still been working and everything in quarantine, but what else, like in your free time besides tennis, have you been doing to keep yourself busy? I've been spending a lot of time with fitness, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning and I'm learning French. Oh, so okay. Awesome. As of about three weeks ago, I decided I wanted to, I can speak broken French, but I wanted mm -hmm. to become very, uh, you know, where I could speak it fluently. So yeah. about three weeks yeah. ago, I started learning French. Oh, that's great. Are you using Duolingo? Have you heard of that? I, I, I've heard that. I'm using Babbel. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, well, that's yeah. exciting. That's really cool. <laughs> it's been fun. It's, you know, every day I sit down for 30, 45 minutes and mm -hmm. write it out. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, well, hopefully by the end of the summer, I'll be able to do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, lastly, what are you looking forward to, you know, in, in the future and, and beyond? Well, I'm, I'm excited about what's ahead of us uh, here mm -hmm. at LSU. Uh, we've had a very rec good recruiting year. Uh, mm -hmm. So far, we've signed three players, two of which have uh, good ATP rankings. Yeah. And so the level of our team will be way higher than it's been. And, and so I think there's a lot of success in the horizon uh, with this team. And uh, we're still not done recruiting. We still have one more person that we're trying to bring in uh, January. So I think all in all, our goal was to be somewhere in the top 20 in the country and yeah. four to five years and i think we're we're close yeah so great we're well, looking great. forward to it yeah well well all the best with that and um and thanks so much for coming on and sharing your time with us today really appreciate it
Paige, it's been my pleasure. I appreciate you asking me. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a great thing that the Southern Tennis Association is doing this for all their members, because I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, for kids going to college, it's a very mm -hmm. important decision. The first yeah. big decision that they ever going to make. And I think the more guidance they have, the better decisions they'll make. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Well, thanks again. And thanks to our listeners and our viewers. We appreciate you also and hope you all have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Go, go Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. Bye. <laughs>